Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. So each and every day, anywhere in the state, dial eight. Coming to you live from the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio. Oaklawn, Arkansas's only casino resort. Now, here's Justin Eggery and Wes Moore on the Buzz Radio Network. 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of will, 5% pleasure, 50% Need his name up in lights. He just wants to be heard. Whether it's the beat of the mic, he feels so unlike everybody else alone. In spite of the fact that some people still think that they know, but no, he knows the code. It's not about the salary, it's all about reality and making some noise, making a story, making sure his click stays up. That means when he puts it down, Tuck's picking it up. Let's go. Who the hell is he anyway? He never really talks much. It's a big time robbery. They've, uh, I think they take, they've taken 10 of the past 11. So, I mean, we're we're trying to get this one and come up on come out on top. And I mean, it's a big time game. And I mean, I'm I'm really trying to get a win. You know, uh, I don't like losing. I come from a winning history, and I I mean, I want to get this win for sure. That is Landon Jackson. He is going to be getting after Texas A&M this week, along with Arkansas Red White Report coming up in a moment. Let's properly introduce Kevin Kelly, who's in today for Wes Moore. Kevin Kelly dominated high school football in Arkansas, winning nine state titles in 18 years at Pulaski Academy. He's now turning his attention to dominating the airwaves on the zone. He's brought to you by the Little Rock Athletic Club, who's currently building a state-of-the-art indoor pickleball facility. Little Rock Athletic Club. No contract and save 30% off joining fees. All right, we already topped it up about Arkansas a little bit. Let's get to the red-white report with Coach, and then we will uh, visit with Ray Tucker here in a little bit. Kind of look back on the life of Brooks Robinson. The red-white report is brought to you by Big O Tires, with locations in Conway on Harkrider and in Cabot on Prospect Court. Big O Tires offers an endless selection of wheel and tire combinations. Big O Tires, they have everything you need to fit your budget and style. Rashad Dominion looked really good last weekend in the loss to LSU. He will be a key cog this week. Maybe not as much as he was the week before, though, because Rocket Sanders is back this week. Rashad talked about how all the older running backs have been mentors to him. And here he is talking about his starting quarterback. It's my quarterback. Like, from experience, he's a great leader. Like, tremendous guy. Like, on in and off the field. Like, he take he out of his business. He makes sure everyone around him trying to do the same thing on the right track. He made sure everybody's on their P's and Q's and we executing the offense. Like, no matter what the play call is, find a way to execute it. Uh, for Arkansas, again, it's what could have been against LSU, a game that would have meant so much through the season and certainly would have put LSU in a pretty good hole with two losses and really eliminated them from any kind of championship talk for the national title, at least, if not the SEC title. It was a tale of two halves. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times, Coach. And Landon Jackson talked about what went wrong in the second half. I think our defensive front needs to be more prepared. Like, we need to go out there and be ready for the tempo more, you know. I think last week they started tempoing, and I guess our defensive line just – I mean, we got we got to be able to still play the same when they're tempoing us mm-hmm. that we do whenever they're not. So, I think that played a big part in it. And then also, uh, I mean, we just got to play better football. Uh, we got to have less penalties and, I mean, just play cleaner ball. Well – it was a report that came out this morning. We'll get the word from uh, the voice of the Aggies a little bit later in the show today, but looks like Wegman's out for the game, maybe for the year, according to the report. Max Johnson looks like we'll start at quarterback. Here's Landon Jackson on the quarterback situation for the Aggies. Okay, I think both quarterbacks are very talented. Uh, That's not true. Max Johnson has started games <laughs> his freshman year, sophomore year, and now this year. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to play him. He's another guy I was teammates with at LSU. He uh, he could throw really well on the run, so that's something we're trying to we're preparing to do is keep him in the pocket. So uh, I mean that, and then Connor Wayman. I mean if he's able to play, he's a really talented quarterback as well. Yeah, he's okay. He's not playing. Uh, they moved Tesla to slot last week, Coach. What do you think about that with Broden outside? I thought that was going to be a good a good move. I really did, but 
you know, I, I don't know if it was the play design or what they were running or whatever, but it wasn't, wasn't as big a deal as I thought it was going to be. But I really thought, pre, pre-thought it was going to be a really good move. Also, kudos to Texas A&M linebacker Torin York, freshman of the week in the SEC. 11 tackles, two for losses against Auburn. So one more dude to contend with. Yeah. You know, I just uh, on one other point, I want to go back to the quarterback thing we were discussing a while yeah. ago. I forgot about this little tidbit. Okay. 77% of all teams that lose the sack battle in a game lose the game. Well, Simply put, if you just look at who got sacked the most, you lose 77% of the time. Okay. Another reason to get the ball out. All right. It's a lot of numbers. We got sacked four times last week, by the way. Not good. Uh, all right. Here is uh, quickly, we're going to shift over now and talk about Brooks Robinson, who passed away. I've got a great story here from Scott Van Pelt, the well-known ESPN broadcaster. Uh, but let's start this with Jim Palmer, who was Brooks Robinson's teammate with the Orioles. And he was speaking on the broadcast last night. Obviously, the Orioles have had a phenomenal year, but uh, got a little choked up in talking about his former teammate and the impact he had on his life. He was the best. So, you know, and just, you know, the little things. Uh, everywhere I'd go, you know, I'd, I'd get a Brooks. There'd be an autograph ball, and I'd Brooks's name would be on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I used to tell him, I said, I've got me right so big, because it yeah. was a big city. But everywhere I'd go, people would go, uh, we all know he's a great player. He won 16 gold gloves, but we also know um, what how special a person he was. And I think as a young player, you know, you make a decision early in your life, okay, who do I want to emulate? Who do I want to be like? And, you know, Brooks was that guy. First ballot Hall of Famer, 1983, 28 home runs, 118 RBI, 1964, his best season ever. Batted 317 was his only MVP award season, over 2,800 hits, batted 267 for his career. And also the best fielding third baseman. I don't think there's much debate about that. One last thing here before we bring in Ray Tucker, who got to know the great Brooks Robinson. This is from Scott Van Pelt. He put this out on Twitter today. I love this story. He says, um, when the Orioles played at Memorial Stadium, the PA announcer was called or named Rex Barney. When a fan made a great catch of a foul ball, he'd say, give that fan a contract. At a game with my dad, and Brooks fouls off a pitch. Dad makes a leaping catch. Everyone cheers. Rex does his thing. I'm over the moon. I got a Brooks Robinson foul ball. Can't believe it. Next day at school, I tell everyone. After school, we have to play catch with this ball, obviously. I figure I can throw a major league curveball with it. I can't. I throw it low. My friend can't catch it. I forgot to mention, we lived at the top of a hill. It rolled down the street and into a sewer. The Brooks ball is gone. I never told my dad when he was alive. I always look up to the sky at this point and say, sorry about that, Pop. I tell this story decades later at a charity event in Baltimore. Turns out a man at our table did some work with Brooks. A week later, a box arrives at my house with a ball signed and a note. Hope this makes up for the one that got away, Brooks. Pretty awesome. Let's bring in Ray Tucker. I'm sure he's got a few good stories about the great Brooks Robinson as well. Ray, welcome. Wish it was under different circumstances, but uh, great to have you on today. How are you? Uh, I'm doing doing terrific, Justin. Uh, let me tell you, I met Brooks Robinson, I think, the first time in Stuttgart in 1979 in a minute. And I was kind of like Van Pelt. Oh, man, I, I, just, I met Brooks Robinson. Are you kidding? And so uh, over the years, I'm working in television and at Sports Hall of Fame. You know, I, I'd run into him and be at events and interview him. Uh, I was out there the day you were talking about Paul Eels out at Lamar Porter Field. I've got a picture of Paul and Brooks somewhere. Uh, anyway, uh, one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. And when, when I went to work for the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame, uh, we started the Pat Summerall Celebrity Classic, and I came up with the idea. I said, um, let me reach out to Brooksy and see if he might do something in Hot Springs. So a couple of years in a row, we had the Brooks Robinson Celebrity Classic over in Hot Springs. Uh, as nice as Paul Eels was, Brooks Robinson's just like Paul, mm-hmm. one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet, very humble. Um, told me a story one time, and he, he did some work for Nabisco. And he, he, he said he, had, he signed 850 baseballs. And I'm like, you sat down? He said, I sat down. I thought my hand was going to fall off. <laughs> but um, he was just, just a terrific guy. Uh, I don't know I don't know what else to say about him. Uh, he had time for everybody just like Paul did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lived in Owens Mill, Maryland, outside of Baltimore. And any time I reached out to him, if we need autograph items, events, whatever, he was always happy to send stuff to us. And anytime he came to town, um, he, he just everybody was seeing all of Brooks Robinson, but he, he he was just that kind of guy. 
Well, I was too young and dumb in my career to bother getting a picture with him. I was so awestruck too, I think, and I took a picture of Paul with him, but I didn't. I didn't get one of my own. But uh, yeah, he's one of those guys that you know. And it seemed like, and I was only around on that day, Ray. But he seemed like one of those guys that, uh, despite the fact that he was a celebrity for a long, long time, kept it all in perspective and was a very approachable guy. You know, you look at like Tory Hunter too, same kind of thing. Tory's just an everyman. I mean, he's an easy guy to come up to and chat with, and he's always happy to visit with people. And um, you know, Brooks seemed like he was the same way. I have a Polaroid picture of Brooks from an <laughs> exhibition game when I lived a year. I lived in Birmingham. Uh, he and Boob Powell together uh-huh. signing sign an autograph. I, I got to dig dig that up. I've I put together three scrapbooks about uh, my career. It's about three hundred and something pages. Uh, I got stuff everywhere. So hey, uh, Brooks Robinson is my hero. You were involved in an event that he did for a couple years. That he said did he was it a golf tournament? Yeah. Over in, Hot, over in Hot Springs, Hot Springs Country Club. And who did that benefit? I'm going to the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame. Gotcha. Okay. Very good. And I'm assuming there's a pretty good collection of, of artifacts from Brooks in the Hall of Fame, right? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember how much stuff we got at Brooksy. Uh, I'll tell you another quick story. We had the tournament in Hot Springs. I reached out to Eddie Sutton to see if Eddie would come play. And he said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to play. I, I'm not in shape right now to play. He said, but it's Brooks Robinson. I said, yes, sir. So he, he took a private plane and flew over just to spend the day so he can meet Brooks Robinson. That's pretty awesome. That's very cool. Well, listen, I knew you'd, you'd had some time around him. I wanted to just get a perspective from someone who knew him a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate you coming on with us for a minute today. All right. Always a pleasure. You guys have a great weekend. All right, Ray. You thank too. you. Bye. Um, all right, let's let's shift back over to some college football. Coach and I were talking in the break. Can I about, make one comment on Brooks Robinson? Please do. But I just looked up. Yes. He had four straight years where he played in every game. That's pretty amazing. 162 games. I mean, in baseball, it's just freaking every night. It never stops coming. And you got to play. It's tough. Tough on the body, tough on everything. Four, four straight years where he played in every game. 648 yeah. games in a row. He was known as an Iron Man. And then, of course, Cal Ripken Jr. came along. And I know. It's like, dude. Shattered it. Yeah, come on, bro. Can, I look, his, can I be the best Oriole when it comes to playing in games in a row? His worst year of strikeouts, his worst year that he ever had in his whole long career, mm-hmm. this year there's 100 guys that have struck out more than that this year. Different game, it, it, in, in the, it, A little different game, but in Major League Baseball this year, there's 100 guys that struck out more this year than his very worst year. That's amazing. He never struck out 100 times. That That's amazing. Me. Yeah. It's amazing. We were talking about the Colorado effect and what, what an impact it's had on college football this year. And then the video came out. And again, I'm not sure what Oregon's goal was other than maybe trying to help put perspective on Dan Landing's comments in the locker room before they went out to play the game. And he's gotten a little bit of heat on that. Again, some people just didn't like it. Some people thought there was an ulterior motive or feeling about it, which I don't buy into. Anyway... There was video of Shiloh Sanders going over and talking trash, talking about beating people up, beating up the coaches, um, you know, talking about their size and how little they are. Before the, before when they first walked out on the field, stomping and scratching the O off the field, telling them, well, just looking down where they're warming up, saying, we're going to come down there and we're going to run through you like trash. We're going to whip your ass, you know, that kind of, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm like... What are you doing? And now I don't know how you couldn't like what Dan Lanning said if you love what Dion's been saying for the past three weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got you know they had an interview with him and he's or with, with they they had a camera when he's he's talking to his team. He's like they made it personal. It's personal. It's personal. And I'm like, you're asking for some kid to hit another kid like it happened at Colorado State and hurt somebody. So I thought Dan Lanning. I thought what he said was right on. I thought so. It's what you say, man. Stuff inside the locker room you say to your team. It, it, don't take that and make it something it's not. I had a guy come and at me yesterday on Facebook about this, and and I he say, well, you know, he wouldn't say that if he wasn't trying to do the exact same. Thing. I said, and he's like, that's why they have the cameras in there. I said, they have the cameras in there because there's a nationally televised game. Of <laughs> yeah. course, they're going to have cameras in there yeah. if they allow them in. Yeah. The TV wants access, and he's going to say the same exact thing regardless of whether there's a camera in there or not. And coaches say stuff like that, right? Oh gosh, yeah. I you're mean, saying, you, you, you can't say, motivate your team. You say crazy stuff. I mean, crazy stuff, and everybody gets it. But that's that's the good and the bad about the game being so popular. Is now you've you've gone into the inner sanctity of the locker room, and, and you know, and there's locker room talk, and that's kind of got pushed away, and it should some of it. But man, what the guy said was nothing. Nothing wrong with it. It was good. He's trying to motivate his team. He didn't de- demean anybody by doing it or anything like that. Right. They're trying to get clicks. We're trying to get 
when and stuff that you wouldn't say in an interview, stuff that you wouldn't. Say, I mean, if you're going to say it to your kids, you're trying to get them fired he's up. He's not. Make it, he's not going to say that in a press conference. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know that that kind of stuff. But they, they need to know. You know, people go, well, if the camera's in there, you don't need to say that. No, they need to know if the camera goes in, you're going to catch something different. And that's what they wanted to catch. They wanted to catch a real live pregame talk. Right. And that's what they got. And that was mild by any standards. Go take a look at Kirby Smarts, and then tell me you didn't like Dan Lanning's. Yeah. He gets pretty hyped. There's no doubt about pretty it. Pretty hyped, and he says some tough stuff. 100%. We we had uh, Monken on at the uh, Little Rock Touchdown Club, or it was the Broyles Award Broyles thing. Award, right. And he dropped a few S-bombs on the air. I can only <laughs> imagine what he was saying in yeah. the locker room. Coach speak is a little, it is a little crazy talk. I think you do say anything to get your team wound up, and you want to show that you're wound up. And again, you know what went on in the pregame. So again, I think he was probably doubly fired up. But Lanning's an intense guy anyway. He's yeah, a pretty high, yeah. high-strung dude anyhow. Defensive coordinators often are high strung. Oh, Will Muschamp was it's insane. Physical. It's yeah. physical, you know, and they do. They get it in. And to be honest with you, the guy's done a nice job of not only incorporating better defense at Oregon, but allowing them to still have the freedom to play a little bit wild on the offense and throw the ball around and keep yeah. doing those things. Defensive guys have a hard time doing that. Well, nobody's better at uh, pregame speeches than than Dion is. So he's certainly having uh, plenty of uh, his own moments in that regard as well. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, he took it pretty gracefully overall, yeah. you know, and, and said what he did. But, you know, I liked it what he said after the game was like, like look, they beat us, da-da-da-da. I didn't like what he said later. Uh, he starts giving a motivation. Hey, come at us now because this is the worst we'll ever be. What are you telling your guys? <laughs> this is the worst we'll ever be. They don't want it to be the worst we'll ever be. Right. Some of them, it's their last year or their next to last year. I, I agree with the sentiment, though, and he's right. I mean, I kind of get that. He's just getting started. He's already, I mean, you know, people are calling it the great. I Maybe Skip Bayless said, it's the greatest turnaround I've ever seen in college football. I'm like, all right, let's pump the brakes a second. I mean, how about TCU going from a losing record to the national championship game? <laughs> yeah, that was just last year. Yeah, we, we had one last year better than this. I mean, they've won a couple games. Yeah. And they beat Colorado State, who may not win three games this year. I mean, you know, let's let's pump the brakes. they got to beat 42-6. to six. They almost got shut out. Yeah. I will tell you this, though. The Dion effect had an impact on me. I didn't like, again, I said this a million times. I don't even want to talk about it anymore, but I will. He, when he got there, I didn't like the way he approached his team. I didn't think it was. I didn't like it. I felt it was very. It was very off-putting to me. Then I watched sixty minutes interview. Kind of explained where he's coming from. Basically, that was my way of challenging these guys. Okay, cool. I get that. And I have become a fan. Like I'm rooting for him. Not I, a fan. I, and I think he's great for college football. Not a fan. Do you think he's good for college football? Great for college football. Okay. No, I'm not a fan. But he has done a nice job. But I told you last week at this time, what do we think about this game? I hope he gets what's coming to him. I think that freight train's about to be derailed. Why is it? Why does he have something coming to him? Well, and what I mean is, if you are going to jump in and ask for the hype, which he is, you know, there's nothing wrong with hype. There's nothing wrong with the media and the press they're getting. There's nothing wrong with what he's getting. He is great for college football. But he's asking for it. He's wanting the cameras in. Watch my post-practice right. speech and all this. If you ask for it, that I want you to get what you're asking. His job is to win games. His job is to get recruits. And yeah. getting recruits, if you're socially relevant the way they are, it helps his cause I, and his bottom I'm, line. I'm not opposing any of that. And I told you in the break, and I will I will stick to this, is that the problem for him is right now, they're about to play much better teams, and everybody's going to give Colorado their best shot, much more so than they would a team coming off the season they had last year normally because they are on the hype train, and people do want to knock them down a peg. Players do. Other coaches do. And again, I don't think there's an ulterior motive to that other than I'll show you who should be getting the hype, and it's us. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. We, we're, this is a decent little question for you. So you brought in the good and the bad of the way Dion is. He's making them socially relevant, social media relevant. That, that helps him get recruits. But it is going to get everybody's best shot. And Dion's going to get recruits regardless of whether he they is. get hype or not he because is. he's he Dion. He for sure is. My, my, my thoughts on this are the, the coach's job, the number one job of a coach, is to give his ch- – team the best chance of winning mm-hmm. the game. I think where he's hurting that, you know, part of that's game planning and this and that. Where he's hurting that is when you say what he says, you are drawing everyone's best shot. They are going to give you their best shot that they might not have given you quite that much and you're asking for it. Don't ask for that. You don't want to. Keep your mouth shut. Tell their kids to keep their mouth shut. Yeah. That's not helping you win. That's helping you lose. I haven't heard him address the comments that were made by his players, including his own son, to the opposing players before the game. Right. But I would like to believe that he would not sign off on that. There is an un... Uh, he knows it happened. 
He's I would watch like to, it. Right then, right there, I said, get your butt down here. There's an unwritten rule. You do not. I don't even know if he was on the field at that point. I though, don't so. care if he was. you got coaches. Not a coach should have let that happen. You do not. There's an unwritten rule. You do not stand at the 50 and yell at the other side. You don't say a word. You don't step across the line. You don't yell across the line. If you want to catch a punt that's going to go too far, your coach can say, hey, we're going to punt a few or kick off a few. Do you mind if we get off on the side and we might pass the 50? I mean, it's like a it's like a wall there. You don't yeah. talk through, yell through, whatever. You just don't do it. What about scratch up the logo? You do that? Is that cool? No, that's the dumbest thing you can do. That didn't seem very smart to me. Uh, we're about to hit the break, so I'm going to hold off on the Ryan Day stuff. we got a couple great Ryan Day parodies. I thought that whole exchange was hilarious. I complained earlier in the week about guys getting upset by talking head conversation. And I think Ryan Day, even addressing what Lou Holtz said, is hilarious. I'm like, you already proved it on the field. You won the game. Just shut up. you got nothing else to say. And who cares what Lou Holtz said? And that's one of the things that's pointed out in the parody. I'm like... No one cares what Lou Holtz thinks today. I'm sorry. He's a great coach. He was a great coach at Arkansas. He won a national title. I love Lou Holtz. I love him, too, but I don't care what he says. Like It doesn't have any impact on anything. It doesn't matter. It has none. I mean, it was like uh, the dude from Washington State was complaining about something that Corso said, and he misunderstood what Corso said. And the whole point is, it doesn't make any difference. Well, what's funny is, is Day has to now spend 16 hours coaching his team, and Lou Holtz is going to spend the 16 hours today talking about what Ryan Day said right. and being even more relevant, and he's going to get the last word in. I think it's hilarious. I'm just like, dude, I, I would never give it the time of day as a coach unless it's somebody that I really, really – I mean, I'm sure he respects Lou Holtz, and Lou also brought in the fact, when I was a coach at Ohio State, you know, it was like this, and we won. The, I was like, dude, that was 50 years ago. Relax. I mean, you were coaching like Herb Street's dad then. I mean, come on. Stop. Well, Ohio State's going to lose two games this year. Not going to make the playoffs. You think they're going to lose to Penn State, too? Penn State. They do not look impressive. No, their quarterback, their quarterback's a problem. Well, yeah, I would usually say, they got good quarterbacks. If Penn State and Michigan both play with 10, I think they got a shot. Ten guys yeah, that's right. on the field? Yeah, that's right. Got a decent shot. It worked out against Notre Dame. Yeah. Ro, what's up? Hey, what's up? How y'all doing? Good, buddy. What's going on? Real quick, I want to say something about Day and then get with what I want to say. That's a prime example of why I'm not a big fan of sticking a microphone in a coach's uh, or a player's face immediately after a, a, a tense moment like that. Give them a second to gather their thoughts and calm down a little second. Uh, but, Coach Kelly, uh, I want to rewind a couple of bit because uh, I really don't even like the narrative you was trying to spin on Colorado. I'm just to be frank with you. Uh, let's just go back. Everything that you're trying to say, you're saying it as if Dion is saying this and bringing it on himself. I'll just take Oregon for this instance. Where did all this start? Where did all what it didn't start? start? It didn't start this week or last week. The person that spoke first was Dan Lenny in the summer when he talked down on Colorado. So anything said after that is a response. So let's I, it's it's a narrative that's always it's always been trying to people been trying to bring it up online. Now turn the radio on, you're trying to bring it up, it's like Dion is doing all these things and calling all these people out when he doesn't say anyone's name until they speak on him first. You didn't hear him say nothing about Colorado State but Louisville spoke on him. You don't hear nut I mean you didn't hear nothing about Oregon until this summer when Lanning was at a podium condescendingly talking about that program when they said they were leaving for the Big 12. So that narrative that, that you're trying to push, you need to pump the brakes on it a little bit, man. Well, do you want me to respond Do you want me to respond now or when we get back from the break? Everybody takes shots at teams that are leaving their league. I mean, the actual commissioner of the Big 12 took a shot at Texas and Oklahoma because yeah. they're leaving. But go ahead, Coach. And, Ro, let and me I, first I, say... I get, that. I get that, but we're not going to act like Dan Lanning. I mean, he, he, he threw a rock and then went back and tried to act like, oh, Colorado's doing all this stuff for clicks. You spoke on them first. Like you spoke on them first. Yeah, I don't have a problem with anything he said. Ro, Ro, let me let me say this first. First, I agree with you heavily. I hate it when they put a mic right in front of a coach right after a game or a kid or an NFL player because the emotions are so crazy wild. I agree with you 100%. But when they do, you just got to shut your mouth or know what you're saying. And he had a public he had their publicist or their SID telling him, "Do not talk about Lou Holtz. Do not talk about Lou Holtz." And Day goes, "Watch this." And did it anyway. So he 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 had thought that he had thought that through a little bit. That all said, on the on the Dion thing, 
what what my my analogy for you is you're right. The landing may have said something, but it wasn't terrible. The Colorado State coach talked about him wearing his sunglasses when he's talking to parents. Basically, what you did was they're a country and they drove and they put their ships right on the edge of international waters, and Dion pushed the nuke button. So he didn't respond equally to them. Not that you have to. You could respond a little harder. But your kids are at the 50 yelling across the line. You're scratching. You literally are taking your cleats and trying to do damage to a painted O on the field that they have by, number one, Pac-12 rules. They have to have it there. And number two, because they want it there, it's their logo for the game, and you're trying to damage. You let them try to damage the logo. I'm not mad at Dion. He can do whatever he wants to. I'm just saying... He's asking his kids to now have to play a harder opponent because they'll give a little more when he nukes the opponent with his words because he gets more attention, and deservedly so, for what he's done in the NFL, what he's done so far. But you're asking your kids to have to play a tougher opponent when you do those things, and that's my only problem with it. When high schools called you out, when you were when you were coaching? You never heard me. Never. Not once. They could say whatever they wanted to before the game, and if they won the game... I, I, we kept our mouth shut because if you lose, keep your mouth shut, keep your head down, don't say a word. And if you won, don't say anything either because you won. You just spoke on the field. You don't have to. Find one instance in the media where I talked about another team in a bad way. Just find one. You can't do it. Oh, respect. Respect on that then. But I just I had to mention that Colorado thing because it's, I mean, let's be honest, guys, and I'm not saying this is 100% where you're coming from, Kelly. There's been a lot of people trying to spin these narratives about him a lot of different ways. You know, he's under attack. I'll give you that. There, he's an easy target. I said this yesterday. There are some people who are intimidated by a confident coach. Exactly. And again, there is a racial perspective for some people. Like, I'm intimidated by a loud, successful black man. There are people out there like that. I don't think Dan yep. Lanning's one of those guys. No, there is another yep. narrative about, and this may be true to some degree, coach is pissed because he's he coached a couple years in the FCS, and then now he's at a Power 5 program, and did he really pay his dues? For me, I'm like, if you don't get that Dion is different than most yeah. guys, yeah. I yeah. can't explain it yeah. to you. So that thing is dumb to me, and I would explain it to any coach like that. And I have a lot of coaches who have grinded in the business for years, and it's like, if you don't get why Dion gets an opportunity, and oh, by the way, he's passed the test pretty well so and oh, far by in his way, career. He's going to have five jobs offered at the end of this year that are better than Colorado. I mean, he, he, won't, he won't leave Colorado until after that year. Well, he and he might, he, might, he, he probably won't, and, and, and I don't he think he should. I, he owes, I think he owes him a couple of years, and he'll probably get some offers. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is, if you're going, I just don't think that calling teams out and doing that on either side, any of those guys, and making it harder for your own team is what a coach ought to be I would like to believe he would not okay, whether or not he should have allowed them or should have had an assistant coach policing it or whatever. I'd like to think he's not okay with them doing that before the game and talking trash across the... Especially some of the things his son was saying. To me, there's no place for that in any way, shape, or form. I coached with Dion for a week, full week in, in Orlando, the Under Armour game. And I can't say that he for sure would not like that to happen because, man, he did not mind those kids trash-talking before the game. Well, mm. I'm just looking at it how those – think back in the 80s, Florida State, Miami, how it used to go down. <laughs> that, like, they love that. Like, that's, that's – Yeah. That's the culture. That's I don't like it. That's how they play the I also don't like people booing people. So, I mean, again – I don't I'm like not, it as a coach, but I loved watching it as a fan because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, this could be a good yeah. TV. I don't think he's going to take this job, bro, but we just got breaking news. Michigan State is officially fired. No shock to anybody. Mel Tucker's out at Michigan State. Watch the lawsuits spin out of control. How about Michigan Mel State offers D on $10 million a year? Hey. Does he go? No. Hey, can I say one thing on Mel Tucker? 15 seconds. I'm going to start grocery shopping. Mel Tucker, he didn't do himself no favors by not winning, but at the same time, I think that story they found on him was just something so they can be like, all right, we ain't got to give you this money. We're going to fire you now. Because, I mean, eh, it just, it, it, a lot of it sounds a little great, if you understand what I'm saying. The story's real fishy. Concur. Yeah. Ro, we got to run. Yeah. I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. All right, now. All right. We'll talk to um, Michael Felder. Yes. On the other side. <laughs> Thank you. I can't wait to play these parodies. We'll do about five, six minutes with Michael. I got to play these parodies. Ryan Day parodies. Hilarious. <laughs> There's some creative people out there, man, with a lot of time on their hands. UCA Bear fans, you can hear every game live on our sister station, The Point 94.1. Go purple, go gray, go UCA on The Point 94.1. This is
Texas Sports Center. Major League Baseball Hall of Famer, Baltimore Orioles legend, and Little Rock native Brooks Robinson passed away at the age of 86. He made his debut in 1955 and played third base for the Orioles for the next 23 seasons. He was an 18-time All-Star, a two-time World Series champion, a one-time World Series MVP, and a one-time AL MVP, winning it in 1964. Also during that time, he won 16 consecutive gold gloves at third base. His 16 gold gloves are the most ever by a non-pitcher and tied with Jim Cott for second most among any player, first being Greg Maddox with 18. And the Arkansas Travelers forced a decisive Game 3 in the Texas League Championship Series as they beat the Amarillo Sod Poodles 6-5 last night. Game 3 will be tonight. First pitch is set for 7.05. Coverage can be heard on 106.7 Buzz 2. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Adding the price of ribeyes per pound, the potatoes, salad, drinks, then the charcoal. What are you doing, Hope? And what's with the calculator? Oh, hey, Courtney. Trying to add up the cost of throwing a cookout. Why would you go through all of that when you could just go to the butcher shop instead? Wait, what? Now, that's a great idea because by the time I buy everything at the store, I could have just gone to the butcher shop instead and saved money. Not to mention all that messy cleanup you won't have to do now. So for your next gathering, let the butcher shop steakhouse do all the cooking on their huge charcoal grill. This is Pat Bradley for River City Flooring, where you can pick your payment. Get 0% interest for 12, 24, or 36 months, and River City Flooring in Maumelle is where you'll save 50% on all in-stock waterproof LVP flooring. And did you know River City Flooring carries cabinets? So stop in and let my friends at River City Flooring help you with your remodel. Kitchen, bath, living, dining, they do it all. Check out River City Flooring in Maumelle at their huge new showroom on Maumelle Boulevard just off 430. Justin Aker reminding you that Serta Pro Painters is here to help you as we transition from summer into fall. And if you're thinking about doing something to the outside of your home, maybe it's long overdue, Serta Pro Painters is here to help. Have them come over, give you an estimate, and they can help walk you through the process of what it'll take to get it done. They can help you out with the color selection and everything else you need to get the job done right. Each Serta Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated. Schedule your free estimate at SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. For your home, for your business, get your place looking right with the help of my friends at Serta Pro Painters. Is there any more satisfying feeling than letting an elevator door close on somebody? I did it at the hotel earlier. I got such a warm rush through my body. It felt like the inside of my body hugged the outside of my body, you know? And then you see it close and you're like... (laughs) Sometimes a second later it opens and you're like... Comedian Tom Segura, second show added, December 7th, Oakland Racing Casino Resort Event Center. Buy tickets at Oakland.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the Oakland Racing Casino Resort Studio, home of the zone on the Buzz Radio Network. Listen to your favorite radio station on the Buzz app or online at 1037thebuzz.com. I got my head out this where Lou Holtz is right now, you know? He's probably all tuckered out, his old man jammies on, the thumb in his mouth, but he'll hear about this when he wakes up. What he said about our team? What he said about our team? I mean, sure, it's mostly right. Sure, we might be about 30% in third and fourth uh, short situations this year, but we're tough. Sure, I might have ran a jet sweep on fourth and one early in the game, and we got stuck. It's not because we're not tough. I ran it because we're and we might have barely got a yard on 10 guys, but hey, we're tough. I'm so tough. I'm super tough. Hold on a second. Is my jet black beard dye? Is it dripping? It's pretty hot out here. Who holds this? All right. Yeah, and I might have just talked to 90 year old man who himself and doesn't know where he is half the time. But fuck Lou Holtz, man. All right. A little wish. One bad half of football the last couple years. I'm not talking about last year when Michigan outscored us 28 to 3 in the second half. I'm talking about the year before when they outscored us 28 to 14. All right. One bad half of football. I mean, really, it's. Like two whole games, but it doesn't matter. That doesn't fit my narrative, so let's move on. Let's forget about it, right? Was this interview over yet? Tired of acting all tough. It's exhausting. Someone give me a spritzer. <laughs> I need a spritzer right now. If we were in the Midwest, this would be all we would play today over and over again. <laughs> that I know is people. Awesome. You're well, right. A lot of people here. Well, first of all, I will say this: as much as people, <laughs> many people I know, Westmore included, who's off today don't think there's football played outside the SEC, they still know enough to hate Ohio State. So making fun of Ryan Day crying about how tough they are <laughs> since they squeaked a win out over Notre Dame with 10 guys on the field makes me laugh. I thought you oversold that to me. Oh, <laughs> you didn't. The other one's brilliant, too. There's a tit-for-tat parody going around between Day 
and Coach Holtz that we're going to play in a second. The guy that does the Holtz lisp is quite impressive also. <laughs> Pretty funny. Anyway, Michael Felder joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Michael, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you guys? We're good. We're having some fun. Look, earlier in the week, I, I was going off on guys that are getting offended by stupid talking heads. I am a talking head. Whatever I say has no bearing on anything. I'm an idiot. Who cares what I think? Who cares what Lou Holtz says? Who cares what Lee Corso says? You got coaches from Power 5 schools crying about stuff that talking heads are saying. Go win games. No one cares. I'm crying. (laughs) It's hilarious to me. I don't understand it, Michael. And then, I mean, you know, even at Arkansas, I mean, Coach... Coach Pittman, I think a lot of it's he's looking out for his players, but he's talking about the mental health side of things, and that's that's legitimate. But I mean, it's a, it's a pickle, and I think uh, people don't want to hear it. They want to they want you to go, hey, look, go win some games. You're making millions of dollars a year, and I don't want to hear about it. So quit quit crying. I think the millions of dollars a year is a big sticking point, um, especially like the way that I think about. It. I think about the way that the coaches when they go to when you do your coaches' conventions, they are always trying to make rules to make their jobs a little bit easier, but everybody's trying to make their jobs a little bit easier. They just happen to have a job where they make more money than most people. And so for me, I don't I'm not one that I, I will give them grace. I understand it's a hard job. I know it's a hard job. Mm-hmm. I have friends that are in that job and they're trying to work their way up. But also like you are compensated in a way that you're you absorb some of the hard like the toughness of the job. Uh, but I also to me, for for me, and and I, this is the thing I really have loved about Dion. And he's like, you, 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 what, I, every morning somebody serves up an Instagram video to me, and it's like, you didn't make me, so you can't break me. Mm-hmm. Why would I care about your opinion of me? And right. I think what we're realizing is there is a large level of sensitivity to these guys, and it is they're human. They are still human, and we we have to take that into account. And watching them get fired up about a thing, and I think you mentioning Pittman and trying to kind of protect his players a little bit. I think that is a thing, but I think that's different than what a guy like Dabo is doing or I think what's going on with Ryan Day. And so I think it's going to be a very interesting thing. And then Freeman is also on the other side of that where he's like, this is a guy supposed to be a defensive guy. they got 10 players on the field. What are you doing? And so he's going to take criticism for that. But the criticism comes with the job. The better you get at your job, the less criticism you get. Nobody's, hey, look, everybody knows Nick Saban don't have the team he wants, but nobody's saying Nick Saban can't coach. Right. Yeah, there's just so many facets. This is really, I mean, it's almost like the NFL right now with the Taylor Swift thing. It's like we're not even talking about all the time about the game itself. It's like all the ancillary things and the conversations that are going on around the game more so than the game at times. You know, we didn't even Dude, really don't dig. Don't get me started on that. So, <laughs> we got more on that later. Again, I'm, I'm getting served all these Instagram things, <sighs> and it, it's literally multiple people that are like, I'm glad Taylor Swift is going to help this Travis Kelsey guy out. And I'm like, he's a superstar. Please. That is a that is a joke going around on TikTok. And the, yeah, the videos are yeah. hilarious. I love it, though, that wives are doing this. I mean, the reactions are funny. We're actually going to play one of them a little bit later. But anyway, um, but I mean, these coaches that are they're worried about this. So I'm like, come on, guys. Are you really that, that worried about it? I don't care what coaches say. And the thing about the Washington State coach going off after their game, he misconstrued or misunderstood, and admittedly, it's easy to do these days, what Corso said about uh, their team, because they're the last two teams left in the Pac-12, and that was his point. Like, nobody wants us, Bull. And he said, basically, it's the nobody wants to watch us, Bull. And that's not what the point was. Anyway, the whole thing is silly. Why are we worried about this? Go win some freaking games. It doesn't make any difference. Let's talk about football. Uh, Clemson and Florida State, what a freaking game. And, I mean, this is the yep. most, like, Clemson thing. I mean, it's like they're back to Clemsoning. You bring in a kicker. It's a cute little story. His family's there. He hasn't been part of the program. Your other kicker stinks, so you ask if you can bring the kid back. They do. He makes one early. Hooray! And then he misses one that he, sh- you know, normally would make, you would think, for a college kicker late in the game, and it costs him the chance to knock off Florida State. It was uh, That was a hell of a game, though, i got to say. It was a good game. It, it was brutal, though, to like watch that kid go through that. Yeah. At the end of the day, for me, when I'm looking at it, I'm just like, man, you got like, and I get it. Antonio Williams was not in the game, right? We do have to put that kind of caveat, quote unquote, out there. Antonio Williams not in the game. He's their best wide receiver, probably their best, play, well, second best player on offense behind Will Shipley. Shipley, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Shipley looked dinged up to me. Like he looked like he was having a really hard time getting off the ground uh, a lot. And so I think he's still like he's like playing through being hurt, and he's still trying to give them everything that he has. And like watching him put that one finger up and call to get off the field, that's like that's a real thing. Like guys aren't tired. We're this isn't the start of the season anymore. We're in week what are we week four? We're going into week five. These guys are they're hurt. And for people that have not played college football, people that haven't coached college football. 
Chuck Kelly, can you get can you tell can you tell folks every single player, whether they're a starter, a backup, scout team, whatever, their body is hurting nonstop. I had that conversation with somebody last week, their son's a quarterback playing playing ball and he was like, Golly, you know, it's week three and he already doesn't feel good or it's week four and I'm like after week one, he will never feel good, never feel perfect till the season's over. You won't if you're playing football. After week one, you will, you should never feel perfect again until the season's over with and you can heal up. But that's just the way it goes. Hey, my question for you, Michael. My question for you, Michael, is watching the game. Clemson had four hundred, you know, without their guy, four hundred twenty-nine yards to three hundred eleven. They outrushed them 146 to Florida State's 22. Is that the cause of concern going forward, that they out-yardaged them that bad, outrushed them by seven times? Yes. Yes. That is my big cause for concern. That means that they can't put the ball in the end zone. It's like a team that has more possessions in basketball but cannot score. And it's more... It's, it's more prevalent in football, and, and it's, it's a problem with getting the ball in the end zone. Uh, empty red zone trips, empty trips into like in, empty trips inside the 45. Uh, it's, it's one thing to amass yards. That's fine. You can amass yards all you want. Fantastic. You can amass time. I, I, I kind of equate it to time of possession. You can have time, all the, have all the time of possession you want. It takes one play to score a touchdown. It takes one play. And if, you don't, if you're not scoring touchdowns, the other team consistently, and if you miss field goals, if you miss opportunities, if you have incompletions on third down, then all of a sudden those yards you've amassed, they mean nothing because the other team can get the ball and they can score in a play. And I think Florida State, they're lucky to escape that game. They're lucky to stay undefeated. But now we're looking at a Florida State team that's beaten Clemson, who I know Clemson's not what Clemson used to be right now, but they've also beaten LSU. And LSU's an interesting football team as well because, and you guys just experienced this, I am, I'll say this, I am living. That LSU, that, excuse me, that Arkansas didn't shut the door on LSU. Door, door should have been shut on them. <laughs> what do you blame Arkansas not getting it done to? I mean, what, what do you think was the, the key factor in that? I don't know if it's, it's Jaden Daniels that good or is it the defense makes mistakes. And, like, there were, like, they had him in a couple third and long situations in the back end where they could have closed the door and it just, Every time, whether it was just like a little thing, they, like I just that was frustrating to watch. I'm sure. Listen, yeah. I'm not even an Arkansas fan. You guys, yeah. you guys are way more into it than I am. But you, we saw the opportunity on the table, right? It's like somebody kept taking the plate away, even though you're starving. They, they right. kept taking the plate a little bit further away out of your reach. Um, this week is a big one, Michael. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's our question today. Today is this a must-win game? And it's not a must-win game by the truest sense of the term. And I'm very touchy about verbiage and the meaning of words. Sure. But it feels like if Arkansas is going to, at minimum, make a bowl game, this is a pretty huge game for them, especially knowing they've got to go to Ole Miss and they've got to go to Alabama after that. Well, before we do that, can we talk about Ole Miss? Because sure. What happened there? I want to ask you about them what in a happened? second. I want to talk about their matchup this week too. Okay, let's do this. Let's do let's do okay, let's do let's do Arkansas this week and then we can talk about Ole Miss and Alabama and then we can talk about them going forth. Yeah, because I think so the Ole Miss Arkansas, LSU game this week is huge. And my and coach oh, and I have a debate man. about this, so I want to get your thought. Go ahead. Yes. yes. They gotta beat A and M. I I wanna see him I wanna see him beat A and M. I think this is one of those games that absolutely you want to win. But then they do have Ole Miss, you have Alabama, they have Mississippi State. If you want to get to a bowl game, we're talking about a team that is at this point two and two, two and two. So this week, win this week, you're three and two. You're up in the air about three and uh, about four and two versus versus three and three. Then you get to the Alabama game. You get to Mississippi State. You should win that game. So we're looking at let's say four four games at minimum. They win this weekend. Now we're looking at the Florida game. I think that's a winnable game. Still, sure. Auburn. I still don't know what to expect out of Auburn. FIU, and then we get uh, Mizzou. So I still think uh, winning this game is certainly going to propel them to be feel like they're in a good shape uh, coming into Thanksgiving to get to a bowl game. But man. We thought There's there was a lot on their plate. Yeah, we thought there was a real possibility they would go three and zero, oh, three and four. Yeah, you already lost yeah. BYU, so if you somehow go two and game. five, forget yeah. it. Bingo. Okay. Yeah, that's the that's the part that's really tough is the BYU loss. Like everybody had LSU penciled in as a loss in theory because right. LSU was ranked so high for sure. the season, but BYU was one where, and again. It, Come on, man! Just do, just do little things. Just mm-hmm. do little. And it's, I, I get frustrated. I like KJ so much, and watching. I hate when they do tight shots on him during the game. 
because this is a guy that's trying his best, and it's just he's he just can't. He, it, two games in a row, he just couldn't get over the hump. Yeah, we got a couple of big bounce back games this week. LSU at Ole Miss. So let's start there. Obviously, yep. you're intrigued by that. I think LSU a little bit was looking ahead of uh, from Arkansas. It's a rivalry game. Arkansas always gives them their best shot. LSU is watching. You know they're gonna, they know they're playing a team that just lost to BYU, and they're going on the road to a ranked Ole Miss team the following week. Ole Miss kind of laid an egg this last week. I'll give Alabama a ton of credit. I'm not shocked Alabama won. I'm surprised by how they did win. So what what happens mm-hmm. in this bounce back game for these two? I mean, because really LSU can't feel great about what happened last weekend. No, they, they, they were fighting for their lives last weekend because they know they can't afford to lose another game, especially they can't afford to lose an SEC game to start it out because they, they, they still have playoff aspirations. So the big thing for me is we gotta we got to see what this offensive line is going to look like for LSU. Like There were times that he had a ton of time, and there were times that uh, they were in the backfield like just eating. And so that's the part that's going to be interesting for me with LSU, and then you flip it over for Ole Miss. I don't. I don't. I think Ole Miss is going to run the number on this game, and I don't. I don't know what the over is, but I think this game probably plays to the over because what we're dealing with mm-hmm. is a team. LSU is not nearly as good on defense as Alabama. And I was talking to my buddy that uh, he's a Texas fan, and he said, "Man, we won, but goodness gracious, that Alabama defense, man, hmm. they are scary." And they dialed in that defense, and I don't know if Nick Saban had a meeting or something, but. The way that they're playing right now, those last two games, they are focused up and focused in. They shut down Ole Miss. They made Jackson Dart hurt. And it was just one of those things where it was like, hey, this is how we have to win football games now. Like, this is what we're going to do. So, listen, Milrow's got a little bit of a deep ball that he can throw. They can throw these screens. They've got nothing in between that area. Like, they're not going to hit you for a 13-yard pass very often. So, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how – how Ole Miss adapts uh, at coming off that game because Lane Kiffin, we saw you saw him at the end of the game. Lane Kiffin tried he was he tried his dangest to go out and win that football game, and he's like, "Nothing I'm doing is working. What's going on?" So it's, that's going to be an interesting one. Where are you going? Oh, I think I'm gonna go Jaden Daniels over Jackson Dart. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Jaden Daniels. And by the way, I've been having a really hard time recently with. Kalen Green at, at Boise State and Jalen Daniels at Kansas and then mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels yeah. at LSU. Like, it's like, okay, man, like, come on. I get it. Names are on trend. I, I, I'm all in for it. Like, they're cool names. But, man, trying to keep those guys sorted out has been rude. Well, all I know is I don't know if he's as good as he is. He looked last week, or that's just who he is. But the neighbors, Malik Neighbors is... Neighbors is freaky, oh. dude. And they got a pretty nice complimentary receiver, too. I think they're going to have uh, plenty of success. But I'm expecting a shootout. I'm with you. I think it'll be a high-scoring, fun game yeah. to watch. But you went with you hey, went with, hey. you went with LSU, though, right? So you two are on LSU. Yeah, I'm, I'm on, going with LSU. I, I'm on Ole Miss. I will pat you on the back twice. Okay. Once for Michael, once for me, if you're right, next week. Okay, I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> Mike, I just we, want to win. I don't care what I win. We got to run. I wish we had more time. I appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy the week and uh, plenty of good games this weekend to get to for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. You guys take it easy. You have a good one. All right, take care. All, you know, again, we haven't talked about it too. Notre Dame gets game day two weeks in a row, this time on the road, though, at Duke. First time wow. they've ever been at Durham, and Duke obviously knocked off Clemson. They kind of put themselves on the map early. They're both ranked. Should be a fun game this weekend. Yeah, a little Cinderella-type story Could with be. Duke. You know, everybody thinks basketball, basketball. First Unfortunately, time at Duke for game day, though. I think Didn't Duke turns that. into a pumpkin, and Notre Dame thumps them this weekend. Yeah, I think Rock out with the only American-style sushi experience founded on great food and rock and roll. Rock and roll sushi! Rock and roll sushi. Deliciously twisted flavors and a rock and roll vibe that'll blow your mind. Cater your next event, lunch, or dinner. Get the party started. 80 to 240 pieces of sushi platter. Rock and roll! Rock and roll sushi for lunch or dinner. Order at rockandrollsushi.com. With four locations to choose from in Benton, Conway, and two in Little Rock. RJ Hawk here with Chris Roberts from Southern Bank. And Chris, I know interest rates are high right now. That's what everybody's talking about. But if you're thinking about a project, whether it be a commercial project or you want to build a house, now's the time to come talk to you about what those future plans may look like. You know, RJ, no matter what the business environment may be, we're always there to sit down with our customers and talk about their future plans and what's going on with their businesses. And that's one thing about Southern Bank is they're a community bank. They want to be your partner. Partnering with our customers is a key 
to how we do business. And Chris, you know, we talk about those interest rates being high, but the one good news out of that is deposit rates. We have some great CD and checking account rates. Just give us a call and see what one of our personal bankers can do for you. If you want more information about interest rates or those deposit rates that we just talked about, call Chris and his team today at 501-424-0900 or go online at bankwithsouthern.com. Southern Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Wes Moore. Are you tired of driving that vehicle? Tired of paying that note? Well, in the month of September, Guatney Chevrolet in Jacksonville is going above and beyond the competition to cancel unwanted loans and leases. It is the Guatney Exclusive Loan and Lease Termination Program. Don't miss this opportunity to get out of the vehicle you don't want. During September, everyone will be approved. Plus, Guatney Chevrolet knows everyone can benefit from having no payments for the rest of the year. That's right, no payments in October, November, December. Some great deals right now at Guatney Chevrolet. New Silverados, 0% financing with approved credit. 2.1% financing on the 2023 Equinox. Go to the website, guatneychevrolet.com. Take a look at all the inventory, see all these great deals, then head to the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville, get out of that bad car, get out of that bad note, and do some deals with Guatney Chevrolet. Welcome back. Wait, what is this trash? Turn on some real music. That's more like it. Welcome back in the zone with Justin Agri and Westmore on the Buzz Radio Network. Janet over Mike. I love it, Christian. I do too. You were hitting all the right places when today. She came for me. out with the Black Cat album. Love it. That was awesome. So good. Uh, Want to say about our friends over at Cash and our friends uh, supporting all the cool stuff going on lunch, dinner, and uh, a vibrant spot to pop in for downtown. And it comes with free valet parking. How do you do? If you got an event coming up, Coach, I don't know where you're having the uh, Kid Champion Christmas party, but this would be a good spot for it. Upstairs, up to 150 folks comfortably. And downstairs in the bayou room, you can get uh, 30 folks in there. Fun contemporary setting and obviously a wide variety on the menu. Great options to be had. So encourage everybody to get over to Cash in downtown Little Rock for lunch or dinner or to book your special event. Whether you're doing a wedding rehearsal, a corporate event, or if you got a holiday event coming up, I would book that ASAP, 501-850-0265, or CashLittleRock.com. That's C-A-C-H-E, LittleRock.com. And you meet over there and have a uh, late lunch here soon, Coach. Yeah, Payne, Payne Harding uh, owns a place. Payne, you need to have my wife and I for a special dinner and make it look like it was all my idea. And uh, birthday's Monday. How about a double date? Can I come? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Monday, Payne, we would like a nice dinner. That sounds lovely. Cooked by you. I can't make it Monday. I have coaches show. But um, you guys have a good time. Thanks. Uh, we'll hang on. we got to hit the top of the hour here. I apologize. Short segment. We will hit you first thing out of the break. we got this other Ryan Day versus Lou Holtz parody. Also quite can't good. Can't wait. Also quite good. Is it as good as the other one? I don't want to say. You uh, You be the judge. Okay. It's entertaining, though. Uh, birthday's coming up. Entertainment news and a what the hell segment. We've also got the voice of the Aggies, Andrew Monaco. This is David Dunn with Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. Do you own or operate Max, Volvos, Freightliners, Kenworths, Peterbilts, or international trucks? We can offer you the same dealership-level computer diagnostics with highly trained and professional mechanics without dealership wait times and cost. Whether you're a municipality, fleet, or small business with one truck, come see why our customers have made us the highest-rated 